Good morning, people of peace. Happy Sunday to you. We were in the midst of a Lenten sermon series about reputation, but we decided to make some changes to match the context we're in now of coronavirus and social distancing, quarantining, prepping, all of that. Now, I was scheduled to speak this Sunday, and as the week unfolded, Aurelia, Fran, and I, uh, we thought about how we would respond, what we would say, and we came to the very Christian phrase of loving our neighbors as ourselves. You've probably seen this on uh, some of our uh, uh, social media material that we've been putting out. And we came to the broader story of the Good Samaritan as a way to navigate this time. So let me just spend a few minutes reading that scripture to you and giving a few brief points. Luke 10, 25 through 36 says, A lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, well, let me tell you a story about that. There was a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him, he also passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And then Jesus asked the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? We hear the voice of God in the reading of these sacred words. Thanks be to God. So let me just make a few simple, quick, brief points about uh, this story. Set it um, before us as a way to perhaps navigate this coronavirus situation right now. My first point is that the Samaritan, who is an unlikely hero in this story, as you probably know, in our context today, we might we might say the Russian or the Chinese person or the Muslim, all of these who are unlikely heroes. Uh, but the Samaritan was prepared. Let me back up. <laughs> unlikely because these uh, humans are often vilified in this uh, white supremacy, white supremacist, uh, Christian normative, heteronormative context that we find ourselves in. So that's, that's why they're vilified, or unlikely heroes. But so we have this Samaritan, and it turns out in the story he is prepared to be able to help the man who was overcome by the robbers. He had enough money set aside to be able to take care of him, and he had the margin available, the space available in his schedule. Notice he didn't have so many bags of coins, and his animal wasn't so overburdened that he couldn't carry the man to safety. 
He had enough, but not too much. He had prepared, but not hoarded. I'm sure you, like me, have felt the fears of scarcity all of a sudden in our context. Maybe you've seen people fighting over paper goods at the store or you've seen those silly videos on social media. Uh, if and when our situation deteriorates, can you walk that line between being prepared and free versus hoarding and burdened? I can't tell you what that is for you. That's between you and God. But a good litmus test would be if you have some margin, some space in your life to be able to care for someone else who desperately needs it. Walk that line uh, between being prepared and free versus hoarding and burdened. My second point is that the Samaritan's moral code revolves around what the man needs from him. The priest and the Levite in the story avoided the man because of their own needs. Maybe they were afraid that the robbers were still in the area and they wanted to get the heck out of there. Maybe they were afraid of losing income if they became ritually unclean and thus unable to do their jobs in the temple. Maybe they were running late and in a hurry and didn't have time to help him. I have a lot of empathy for these guys and I can easily see myself making similar decisions based on these reasons. But the Samaritan seems to be operating from a different perspective. The perspective of, how would this man who's been robbed and beaten want me to act? Or, what is in this man's best interest? This is, of course, the definition of love that we've proposed to you all uh, many times over the years now. As you navigate this pandemic, ask yourself, what is in my neighbor's best interest? What does my neighbor ask of me? What will serve them and bring them more fully into life? Now, to be clear, there is no moral imperative, no law that says you or I need to become martyrs as we're doing this. Instead, the model given to us is for us to love, to act uh, in someone else's best interest out of our abundance. I've heard a priest that I follow say a couple times lately that there have been many things canceled because of coronavirus, but love is not one of them. My third point, the question arises of who are we to help? I mean, that was the whole question that started this parable that Jesus tells. The lawyer poses the question, perhaps jingling the few coins that he has in his pocket, and he asks for some specificity in who to love as he loves himself, because he, like you and I, uh, like you and me, I guess, uh, anyways, he has scarce resources. We all do. So it's a totally reasonable question. Now, who is it that I need to love like myself? I would ask the same question. None of us have unlimited resources. None of us are going to be the savior of Williamson County. In the 1970s, Father Gustavo Gutierrez led a movement uh, in Latin America that's come to be called Liberation Theology, in which he explains how the entire Old and New Testament is meant to show us that God stands on the outside of power, on the margins of society, with the poor, the powerless, the marginalized, the oppressed, the vulnerable. Father Gutierrez said that God picks sides. This was referred to as God's preferential option for the poor. And it meant that all our decisions should take into consideration how they will impact those who are outside the circle of power, how our decisions will impact those who are most vulnerable, those who are most at risk to suffer from our decisions. And my 
my hope is that this is the hermeneutic or the guiding principle that our leaders will use as they are trying to help us navigate right now um, economically, financially, uh, health in response to, to this virus, all the different ways they will be considering who is most vulnerable and who will be most impacted by our policies. I can say um, I don't know that bank bailouts and other things like that in the past few decades have really had the most vulnerable in mind. I'm hoping that as they make decisions now, they will be considered considering who is most vulnerable. I lost my place. God's preferential option for the poor. Our decisions should take into consideration those who are outside the circle of power. Now, we have tried to let that be our guiding principle here at Peace as we made the decision to cancel in-person meetings for the time being. Instead of saying, well, it's probably not going to impact us, we said this has the potential to really hurt some of our vulnerable community members and people they love. And if we have to choose sides, we choose the side of the vulnerable. Likewise, the preferential option for the poor or the preferential option for the vulnerable. It's a pretty good rule of thumb for decision making in times like this. It calls us to look out for those left out. Maybe that means it's the kids in your neighborhood that will be out of school and now bored to tears. Maybe it's the neighbor whose income will go away under a quarantine. Maybe it's the neighbor who needs a gallon of bleach or some wipes and didn't get to the store in time to get these before they ran out or there's no way that that neighbor could possibly wait in line with his or her kids for hours to buy these things. It's just not going to happen. Uh, we as followers of Jesus are called to look out for those who are left out. And it seems to be the kind of choice that the Samaritan made in that moment. So these are three brief thoughts about how you might navigate this situation through the lens of one of our most famous gospel stories, certainly one of my favorite. I don't want to give you absolutes like um, you are only allowed to purchase 10 cans of soup and one package of toilet paper. I don't want to give you moral imperatives, absolutes, laws, rigid laws that you have to follow. Uh, our scriptures say that you are responsible for working out your faith with fear and trembling. I'm giving you some broad principles here, not moral codes, moral laws that you have to follow rigidly. That would be silly. Instead, I just offer three points. Prepare, but don't hoard. Number two, consider what's in the best interest of your neighbor as you weigh it out with your own needs. And number three, look out for those who are left out. May our love for Jesus and his peaceable kingdom be our guide through this time. Practically speaking, Aurelia, Fran, and I, as well as the deacons and the Servant Leadership Council at Peace, we all remain very engaged and available to serve our community. We're trying to take a proactive and forward-leaning approach. Please keep us up to date on anything you might need from us and how we can help this community support one another. Last, uh, please be mindful of how you and your family manifest anxiety as you're spending all this extra time together. Uh, I know how my family does it and I've already seen it and we're working through that. In those moments, remember to pause and breathe in God's goodness, God's presence with you in the here and now and let that presence fill your souls and hearts and minds with the love of God and of neighbor. Amen.